Praise the Lord. But I've been asked, my wife and I have been asked to make a prayer. <clears throat> the Bible says, let's go to quickly, as just within uh, three minutes. Psalms 27. The scripture starts with, unless. Say, unless. The Lord builds the house. Today, I see the, the, the theme is igniting household revival. And the scripture here, I say, unless the Lord builds the house. It's builders labor in vain. So lift up your right hand and say, Lord Jesus, we refuse to labor in vain. In this Kesha. In Jesus' name. We pray, may you build us in everything that pertains to our lives. In Jesus' name. Now, taking you back to the scripture even as I pray for the preacher. The Bible says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. This city, this country, this world has so many people that are laboring in, in vain. One of the things that I encourage you before you walk out of that door, tell the Lord, I refuse to labor in vain in everything in my life, including my skills. Lift up your right hand and say, Lord Jesus, my skills shall never, shall never, shall never labor in vain. In Jesus' name. And then if you look at the other, the, the part B of the scripture, it says, unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stands guard in vain. It means, now read again, unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stands guarding in vain. So lift up your right hand again and say, Lord Jesus, watch over my house because it is part of the city that the city may be protected. In Jesus' name. Look at that scripture again. It starts with what? The ha? The house. Have you, have you seen that revelation? It starts with the house. The house makes the city. Your house makes the? The city. And because your house makes the city, that's why today we are speaking about igniting household revival. So that your house may watch over the city. Because the Lord watches over your house. If he watches over your house, Will he not be able to transfer that to the city? That is what we are speaking about tonight. Igniting household revival. That should mean and open if the Bible is yours in Second Samuel chapter twenty one. Second Samuel chapter twenty one, there is just two words I want us to pick there in verse fifteen to verse seventeen. I read. <clears throat> Once again, there was battle, a battle between the Philistines and Israel. David went down with his men to fight against the Philistines, and he became exhausted. And Ishbenop, one of the descendants of Rapha, whose bronze spear weighed 300 shekels, and who was armed with a new sword, said he would kill David. But Abishai, son of Zeruiah, came to David's rescue. He struck the Philistine down and killed him. Then David's men swore unto him, saying, Never again will you go out with us to battle, so that the lamp of Israel... Somebody said the lamp of Israel. So that the lamp of Israel will not be extinguished. A nation has millions of people. A nation has hundreds of thousands 
of wonderful professionals. A nation has wonderful elites. A nation has wonderful tribes. A nation has even thousands and hundreds of thousands of armies. But God looks at the nation and he sees one man carrying the light for that nation. A nation as thinkers, a nation as professionals, a nation as philosophers, a nation as politicians. But in the whole of that nation, when God looks from heaven, he is seeing one man. This one man was called David. But David was not just a man. David carried light. David carried a light the day it could have been taken away from him prematurely. That nation was going to dangle in darkness. Where did Africa get it wrong? Africa got it wrong when we specialized in extinguishing our light bearers. Where did Kenya get it wrong? Kenya got it wrong by specializing in extinguishing the light bearers. Where did your family got it wrong? Your family got it wrong by putting down the light bearers. I was barely five years old, if not six or seven, when news reached through the radio. That side Barry had been removed. He had been, you know, ousted out of power in Somalia. And immediately the man was removed from power. That was the end of Somali knowing sanity. That was 1991, 92 around there. To date, that nation is grouping in darkness and able to find light. It was 1961 when a man called Lumumba Patrice was removed from power in DRC Congo. Those days it was Zaire. And immediately that man was removed from power. To date, DRC has never recovered. What happened? This is what happened. Light came through a nation to one man and the people did not know it. When Paul looks at the jailer in Philippi, he was not seeing the whole family. He was seeing one man. Save this one man. And the family served. Bind this one man in civil service. And the family will remain in civil service. Earning salaries from the Caesar, but not knowing salvation. Paul knows very well. If this one man can get saved, as the light bearer to his family. The whole family will be saved. If this man remains in the civil service, making a salary as a jailer, the family will keep fed. The family will remain clothed and housed. But they will never know salvation. Sometimes as preachers, when you go to a city, you don't deal with the people. You deal with the leader. Sometimes when you go evangelizing, you don't locate the youths, you locate the elders. You don't locate the, the, the commoners, you locate the opinion shepherds. Save one man and you save the group. How do we get to household salvation? How do we get to household revival? We first identify the lamp bearer. And tonight I want to charge you in the name of Jesus. Do not wait for another lamp bearer. Rise up on your feet and say, Lord, here I am. I will be used of you.
We didn't get saved just to go to heaven. Heaven was a destination. But this earth was our journey. This earth was our assignment. And tonight, why are our household grouping in darkness? Because we have received light, but we don't know how crucial it is. David has a light, my dear brother Joe. But this light is political. This light shapes the political narrative of the nation. But you people, you have a light which is going to shape eternity. This light is going to determine who goes to hell and who goes to heaven. It is going to determine who knows Jesus and who remains in the hands of the devil. Household revival does not just begin when the Holy Ghost falls down. It begins when the light bearer knows his place. We killed Pinto, we killed J.M., we killed Mboya. We killed our elites in the 60s. And then we began to blame this person and to blame that person. And we forgot these were our light bearers. When they spoke, the nation shook, though they were younger. When they spoke, the nation, the nation listened, though they were not as eloquent. These men carried light and we killed them. And sometimes I watch the nation repenting, then repenting again, the next year repenting, without addressing where we missed it. Every place Paul went and he was stoned and rejected. They remained in and, 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 and under development. They remained in darkness. That was one apostle given the light to carry to the nations of the barbarians and the, the, the Gentiles living in darkness. Receive him and you receive light. Not just light to guide you for the day, but light to guide you to generations. We can pray about our families. We can cry about our families. But if we are going to realize that we carry light for our families, and we begin to walk in that light, and to walk in that knowledge, and to walk in that consciousness, the Lord will begin to revive us. We have people too eager to pay rent. We have people too eager to pay school fees and meet basic needs. We rarely find people who are selfless saying, Lord, save my family. Lord, send me out as the missionary. Send me out as the answer to my family. David was not very old. He was only 17. And he looked at Goliath mocking God. And he knew a generation of mockers was going to rise up if this man is not stopped. When you have news media, you know, uh, spewing hatred and spewing darkness, and it is not challenged, the young people, the young souls will pick up that. And David says, I will do it. I don't know what is the giant in your family. But if you are not going to do it, it will not happen or it may not happen. Why am I picking David? Because some of you feel you are yet not the elders in your family. You feel you are not yet there financially in your family. You feel like you have not yet grown up spiritually. God did not wait for David to grow up. God waited for David to show up. Revival begins when people show up. Growth happens when grace shows up. But revival depends on initiatives. Paul later on writes in Romans chapter 5 from verse 17 to 19 that by one man's obedience, 
by one man's disobedience, death and sin entered into the world. The same way by one man's obedience, life and righteousness entered. There is one door and every door has but one key. The good thing with the doors, they respond to one hand. Not 20 hands, just one hand. Provided you have the key, the door will always be opened. I'm seeing a scenario where the Lord is calling on us to say, Lord, I will not wait for my neighbor. I will not wait for my cousin. I will step forward and take up the assignment. I was reading a book there about the revival that shook up this region of Africa. And the story goes about a young boy called Simeon who went fighting during the First World War in Burma and later on in India. He was called Simeon. And Simeon was just a young man. His father was a chief back in their village in Uganda. And as Philip fought and he saw how the hierarchy of the army operated, he desired this kind of hierarchy back in his village. But the good thing with the Simeon, he was, he, was a, he was a Christian. He was not just a, a traditional African man. He was a Christian. He went back home and he had one question. If an army of men organized by men, fighting for men, fighting men to men, can be this organized and this efficient, why can't the kingdom of God we represent be efficient? And the writer continues to say in that book that Simeon had a bright career as a politician, as a civil servant, as a chief. But he decided to do something. He decided to shape his generation. So he went to the bishop and asked bishop, Bishop, why is it that in the army we had a commander we obeyed? But in this other side called Christianity, we rarely obey our commander. Bishop told him, Simeon, you are a good guy, you are a good Christian. Go home, God is not mad with you. Just go enjoy your life. Simeon went shaking his head. He said, no, there is an answer I need. And he said, if you are not going to give me that answer, I will keep looking for it. So he called a greater group of pastors and bishops, and he gave them a feast, and they ate and drank. After they had eaten and drunk, Simeon asked them the same question. What shall we do to be more organized, to be more effective? Like the army that I saw when I was fighting in Burma and in India. And the Bible, not the Bible, the man says in his writing, the man said, well, there is nothing much you can do. People will be people. People will always decide to decide what they want. Simeon said, guys, I may not get the answers from you, but I'm going to fast and pray and seek God till I get this thing. And Simeon began praying. Simeon began seeking God, saying, Lord, I want that structure, that order that produces results. I want to see it. And Simeon began to pray alone. Not in a group. Not with his neighbors. Alone. Because sometimes... As we can see, revival happens when one man, as we have seen in, first, in, in Romans 5, 17 to 19, when one man stands up and takes responsibility. Simeon began praying and he kept praying. After a while, a group of young people came to him and he told, him, he told them, come to my, my house. 
Because they had also begun to feel the same thing Simeon was feeling. And the churches could not allow them to express themselves because of religiosity. So they went to the house of Simeon. And they began to pray and seek the Lord for a deeper reality of the move of God. Though they did not, they did not call it the move of God. They just wanted a reality in their personal lives. As they were going on, one day there is a certain mzungu who was called Joe Church. Joe Church was tired of the mission he was doing in Rwanda and he wanted to go back to England because he was tired. There was no fruit of what he was doing. So he was on his way to Uganda to go take a ship in Mombasa to go back to England. And before he went, he had there was a group of young people meeting with, an, with, a, with another chief called Simeon and he wanted to meet them but he didn't know where to find them. So one day he went to the cathedral to pray before he takes his journey and he found the cathedral was closed. So he sat on the steps and he began to pray. As Simeon was praying in his house, the Lord told him, go, you'll, you'll, you'll go to the cathedral. There is a prayer I want you to pray. And when he went, he also found it closed and he found your church outside the church praying. And he told your church, come to my house. Let's go and pray. And they went to the house to pray. And the power of God came down. And they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And the young people came and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And they began going from village to village. From place to place. And before they knew it, the Balokole revival, or what you call the Tukutendereza revival, had already begun. One man discovered he does not just have a political lamp to carry as a chief. He does not just have a, a, a civic light to carry as a civil servant and a leader. He has something deeper to live for. Something higher and greater to cry to God about. And it didn't take him a few days or a few weeks or a few months. It took him several years. That was in the early 1920s. The Balokole revival hit this region in the late 30s, early 40s. So for almost a decade, one man kept going in his conviction to see the move of God in his life. I want to ask you a question. What chews your heart? Is it the pressure of your civic duty or is it the deeper reality of what God wants in your generation? And by the way, don't you know that one of these days you'll stand before the Lord to give an answer of what transpired under your watch? Allow me to quote Psalms 9 verse 16. The Bible says, every, every nation that forgets their God will perish. So there is a nation that, will be, that forgets God. There is a nation that forgets God. Move down to 17. There is a nation that forgets God. The same way a man can forget God, a nation can forget God. But this nation begins with one lamp bearer. This nation begins with one leader. Who knows it could be you, or your son, or your daughter. Revival begins in the household. When people see a bigger light, when people see a bigger picture, when people see a greater cause, when people see a greater angle to the story. And tonight, 
Who knows we may leave this place. And not ten women, just one woman can say, Lord, count on me. Who knows one man can live and say, Lord, count on me. I don't know what the others want, but me, I want this reality. I want the nation to remember you under my watch. Who knows? It could be tonight. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows we can leave this house and some people will say, Lord, no more sleep as usual. No more food as usual. No more high-fiving as usual. Till I see your move in my family and eventually in my generation. I like what Paul gives as a speech in Acts chapter 13, verse 26. And he says, when David had fulfilled God's purpose in his generation, Verse 36, when David had fulfilled God's purpose in his generation, he rested. There is a day you fulfill the thing meant for your generation. And all you can do is rest. Some people want rest, but they don't want the purpose. Some people want the rest, but they don't want the game. They don't want the, they don't want the fight. They don't want the task. They don't want the duty. They don't want the assignment. God has a purpose. What is your number of, you know, the game in it? What is your jersey number? Are you cheering or are you playing the game in your generation? Are you part of the squad? Or are you wishing you could watch those in the squad playing? And who told you purpose is about preaching? Who told you purpose is about, you know, uh, titles. Who told you purpose is about human credential? Purpose beginning the art. Why do I say purpose beginning the art? The greatest qualification of David was his heart. Here is a man who will do everything in my heart because his heart and my heart is one thing. Jesus is 12 years old and he looks at the Pharisees. He looks at the, the Sadducees and he begins to challenge them. There is nothing under this sun that is out of the will of God that those who want to carry the light cannot challenge. There is nothing. It doesn't matter how long the political system has been the way it is. It doesn't matter. You wake up and you pray. You wake up and you grieve. You wake up and you ask questions. Soon, change will be there. I looked for a man, Ezekiel is told. I just looked for a man. I looked for a man. I looked for a man. I didn't look for a committee. I looked for a man. I looked for a man. And I'm asking you men, I'm asking you women, I'm asking you children, where are you? God is looking, but where are you? Are you so caught up? Pursuing your ambition, pursuing your dream, pursuing your life, you are forgotten to be found in the place of revival. Have you forgotten that God still looks for a man? I'm looking for a man. The Lord is saying by his spirit even tonight, I am looking for a man. Things will remain the way they remain. If people remain the way they are remaining, or things can change. A friend of mine sent me a message the other day. He said, Suppose everybody was to read their Bible the way, they read, the way you read and pray the way you pray and seek God the way you seek God. 
what will happen to the world? And I said, Lord, I can't answer that question. Because the world will not be what you want it to be. I'm not saying you need to be righteous by works kind of thing. I'm only saying, guys, we have a call from the throne of God. We have a call to see household salvations. We have a call to see household visitations. But it begins with an individual showing up and saying, Lord, here I am. People blame Moses, my brother Joe, for killing that Egyptian. But do you know what was happening with Moses? Already in his spirit there was a deliverer. Already in his spirit there was a person saying, Lord, set these people free. Even if I'm using my fist, set them free. People blame Joseph, the son of Jacob, for sharing his dreams astly and, and sooner than expected. But they forget, in this boy was a dream. To see order and structure and administration and to see those who should bow, bowing and those who should receive the, 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 the honor receiving it. Here was a man in his spirit who was already a prime minister. Only time had not arrived. Better make a mistake doing the right thing than not make a mistake doing the wrong thing. Another, you know, a friend of mine told me, my brother, do you know how I began to prophesy? I began just to tell people lies on the street. The Lord is saying, and he has not said, because I said, Lord, I have to be a prophet. I have to speak in your name. And one time he went to Kibera, prophet Judah. One time he went to Kibera, and people almost stoned him, calling him a false prophet. But he said, here I am, Lord. Use me or kill me, but you have to do something with my life. Household revival begins when people do not wait. I'm sorry, I'm not reading so many scriptures, but I have to speak to your spirits. Are you ready? I have to speak to your spirits. You have to live here decided or not decided, but somehow you have to live here changed. Now, household revival begins when people show up. When people say, Lord, this cannot wait. When people put a, 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 a deadline, when people put an expiry date on the products the devil is peddling on the streets. I better be arrested doing the right thing meant for my destiny than to be congratulated for sitting down when nothing is still happening. A friend of mine told me, the Lord uses him, uses him mightily. He told me, do you know how I began to lay hands on the sick for them to be healed? I just went to every sick person, even without being told by God, and I commanded them to rise, and some even died. But I didn't care because I wanted to see the Lord moving. Finally, the Lord decided, okay, guy, I'm going to move. And the Lord began to move. The good thing with the Lord when he begins to move, he never stops moving. When the water breaks out, the water keeps flowing. And I tell you the truth, some of you, you have to kick the door and watch what will happen. If it happens, let it happen. But somehow, somehow, you have to ignite that fire. You have to push that wall. You have to break that door. Somehow you must stand up and ignite what is not yet to happen. First prophecies I ever gave were all lies. First hands I laid on the, on the people to fall, they didn't fall. And some of them I was tempted even to push them. But I say, Lord, I must walk in power. And if I die doing it, let it happen. But I will not sit here and just be a common teenager. By the grace of God, the Lord showed up. What did Jesus say in John? 
Unless you are converted. After being converted, you become like a little child. Unless you are converted. There is a conversion that is not about, I am born again. There is a conversion of your manners. There is a conversion of your attitude. There is a conversion of your behavior. That conversion makes you like a little child. And you walk in, and before you know it, you are in the kingdom. The power is on your doorstep. The glory is on your doorstep. The anointing is on your doorstep. We are too adult to see the kingdom manifested. A friend of mine went to his bishop. He told his bishop, I am going to fast. The bishop asked him, how many days? He named the number of days. The bishop told him, you are going to die. He said, I want to die, but I am going to fast. And the bishop began to give him counseling about health and the stomach and all these doctor issues. When he was done, he told him, you are done. I am beginning tomorrow. I thought you need to go and think about it. He said, I can't wait to die because I am tired of who I am. I want to die. After 20 days, the Lord showed up. And the life of that young man was forever changed. God has an assignment in this generation. But he's going to use family. I don't have time to read Nehemiah chapter 10. About how families began to covenant themselves in how they will build up the house of God. Each family came forward and they said, we will bring firewood. Another family came and said, we will bring the offering. Another family came and said, we will make sure the, 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 the altar is taken care of. As families covenanted to the house of God, one family after another, individual family after another, the captivity that had been known for over 70 years was forever broken. Meaning, what had led them first of all to captivity was the family breakdown of their responsibility to God. To those who are not married like myself, this is your grand chance to tell the Lord, Lord, what is my place in your house? What is the place of my family in your house? How can I commit to it? How can I initiate it? How can I provoke it? How can my family contribute to your economy so that there is no captivity in our city? Remember, not all families are the same. Some were called to give us politicians. Others were called to give us entertainers. Others were called to give us preachers. Others were called to give us economists. But these people must show up in their duty. They must know the part of the economy they are contributing to. Why is there no revival in families? Because families are ambiguous in their vision. They are yet to know this is what we were raised by God to do. The Levites were priests. Judah were leaders and kings. These were specific things written in the Bible to show us in the future how to walk in order. Do not just say, oh, I want to get married, then we'll be happy. Then after that, we just uh, enjoy retirement. There is an assignment, family by family. There is an assignment. There is an order from the throne that this family will produce this kind of people. The reason why we have so much breakdown is because leaders took the lamp, but they did not know where to lead with that lamp. Leaders took the mantle, but they did not know what to do with the mantle. 
You are a leader in the family. Good. How are you using your mantle? How are you using the light to guide the household to the altar? Because eventually, if the kingdom of God is not benefiting from a family, that family soon will be taken to captivity. Hosea 4.6 is a very common scripture you, you quote. My people are destroyed. But down there, God says, because you have rejected me, I have also rejected your families or your households or you as leaders. I have forgotten you and even your children from being priests before me. Why? There is a remembrance families must have. And I want you to tell yourself tonight, it is on me. The bill is on me. The manager is not coming to pay it. The pastor is not coming to pay it. I am the one paying that bill. And remember, when you take up the grace, when you take up the mantle, God gives the grace. There is a protection that God will only give to David because he carries the lamp. There is a backup David receives, as we have read, because he has carried the lamp. Not because he's crowned and he's tall or he's, he's, he's handsome. No. David owes the economy of God an input. For the sake of his responsibility, there is a backup God must give him. Our God is a Merchant. The Bible says the kingdom of God is like a merchant. Our God is like a merchant. He is a businessman. He trades with our lives. He economizes with our lives. When he sees you shall carry the responsibility, he will give you the backup. So tonight there are some blessings we are going to demand from God. Is in relation to the backup we need for the assignment. There is a speed we are going to tell the Lord to give us in relation to the assignment. There is a wisdom we are going to demand from God. There is a favor we are going to demand from God on the basis of our assignment. Let's be on our feet. Family is God's idea. But it is man's responsibility. Family is God's concept. But it is man's playground. 